Welcome back, family. This week, I'm excited to bring to you an artist from California who is inspiring and challenging minds. See, every painting that Jay Taylor creates is a masterpiece, both visually and intellectually. And we're delighted that he took the time out of his busy schedule to talk with us about creativity, art in schools, and the responsibilities that artists of all genre have to the public. Now, I'm sure you'll love this one as much as we do. So let's go. Tell everybody who you are, where you're from, and how right. you got to where you are. Right. Man, that, that is definitely a, a interesting question, and it, it can be hard to answer. Um, well, my name is Jay Taylor. I am a fine artist. Um, born and raised in Southern California um, in a place called San Fontana, right over by San Bernardino County. Okay. Uh, raised between there and uh, like between the Inland Empire and Los Angeles, like cities like Long Beach and uh, L.A. Um, and also from Memphis, Tennessee. My parents are from Memphis, so okay. we've uh, definitely spent some time time there. Um, so I'm pretty pretty well rounded. I always say I got the best of both worlds, you know, um, but. Um, I've, I've been a, an, I guess, an artist um, since I was very young and, you know, not really knowing it then. Um, I, it was just a part of me. It, you know, I come from a creative family and most, most of uh, my family on my father's side are more into music, you know, um, mm-hmm. jazz players and, you know, things of that nature. But um, I, um, I had a natural... Uh, ear for music as well. So, um, my father and some of my uncles that, that play thought that I would probably, um, pursue a career in music, uh, to some degree, but I actually channeled my creative, my creative side into, uh, visual art. And Mm so, um, it's something that I don't think a lot of people around me as a kid knew much about to, to, recognize that there was a talent there or not. So it was just a thing that little Jay always did, you know, he always drawing, you know, and, uh, you know, your cousins would see you over the years and they would continue to ask you if you still drawing and they would see that you're getting better, but it was never a thing where someone said, well, let's enhance these skills or cause nobody really knew what to do with it. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, I kind of would just put it down, uh, go do some different things, play sports, uh, you know, play music, come back and start drawing again. You know, you go through all the different phases of illustrating comic books. Um, um, I, I, I was into um, houses and design and, and things like that. So um, logically, I would end up studying you know, architecture, interior design. Um, so I, I spent a lot, a little time doing that as a profession as well, but, um, didn't really start taking this thing serious until my late twenties, you know, uh, even though it was something I've always done since my childhood and I had, uh, sold art and participated in shows. Um, but kind of when I was in college and in the early twenties, I never really took it serious until, 
my late my late twenties when I kind of found myself in a financial situation where mm-hmm. I needed to generate some money, right? So right. I pulled out some old college paints and some old college brushes and I created a couple of large abstract pieces on these door panels um that were laying in the garage. Mm-hmm. And one of them sold right away, right? And I used the other one as a, as an example of my work to to start generating commissions. Okay. Um because yeah, and so that after after kind of using what I had <laughs> to create that's kind of how I started to develop the idea of turning it into a business. And so when I turned 30, I launched my company and have been doing it ever since, you know. Now there's something you said about uh, how your family were musicians. Um, There's some that would say that art more than probably any other creative outlet has a lot to do with jazz and vice versa. Have you ever oh, yeah. been witness to that? Oh, absolutely, man. I mean, uh, I, I love jazz. Um, it's one of my favorite uh, forms of music and style. And um, I was just introduced to a lot of jazz and blues, of course, uh, living in Memphis and having uncles and that were heavy into music and, you know, not just listening to music, but creating it, you know, Mm -hmm. they're musicians. And so musicianship gave me a strong appreciation for the elements, you know, that actually generate Mm -hmm. those sounds and being able to touch those instruments and be familiar with them. Um, It's, it's, it's something that when I really started creating a lot of my own, uh, my own signature works, I would pull from a lot of jazz. Okay. Um, I painted quite a few jazz musicians. And so a lot of my inspiration does come from music and, and, and it, it definitely goes hand in hand. There's a rhythm to the paintings that I create. Um, and a lot of the color and the form, um, that I would use, mm-hmm. uh, when I, when I was really getting started was, was really, something that I kind of pulled from a lot of jazz music, um, a lot of blues, (laughs) some rock and roll, you know, things like that. So, I mean, they go hand in hand if you ask me. Now there's something else that I wanted to ask you about. And I think it's, we all start off with arts and crafts and some of us move on to kind of reproduce what we see in the comics and, you know, you, Mm -hmm. you get your first DC or Marvel and you, you're drawing Spider-Man <laughs> and Captain America. And speaking from right. someone who was good at reproducing what I saw, but not necessarily moving into my own stuff, that's not an easy transition. So when did you realize, at what age was it that you realized, I can go from doing what I see to, you know, creating what's in my head? You know, that's a great question, man. Um, I, I actually uh, encountered those crossroads in college. Um, I was studying mechanical engineering and had nothing to do with fine art. And I would always take a, an art class just to give myself access to the art studio, mm-hmm. right? I, I never had an art studio. And so I figured I would just take a class so I can get access to it. And because I didn't have to follow the art curriculum, because I wasn't an art student, <laughs> I was able to work in the studio um, with all different types of artists, you know, upperclassmen, professors. And so I would get a a better understanding of what I wanted to create while all of my peers that were really studying art (laughs) um, where they had to do assignments and I'm creating freely, right? 
And so it allowed me to develop as an artist very quickly, um, you know, in, in, in considering the amount of time that I was introduced to a real open studio. And that's where I started to kind of develop my own technique and style and started to create things um, that were, that came from my own concept. Mm-hmm. Right. And so when I look at what I do today, um, I lead with the concept. I don't lead with the aesthetics um, or the technical skill. I always lead with the concept. I feel like if I focus on the ideas that I have um, and I stay true to the things that I want to create, then it, it, it's going to be true and honest art. So what what you tend to see in my work uh, is derives from heavy concepts that sometimes go over your head because I kind of mask them with, you know, very pleasing, um, you know, uh, just subject matters and things like that, where you really got to get down to the core of what I'm saying in the work. Sometimes it might take a minute or two to understand what this beautiful painting is really about, mm-hmm. but um, it, it definitely was in those college years where I was able to kind of stretch my wings a little bit, work with professors a little bit, you know, uh, it's where I first sold my first, uh, illustrations, you know, was in college. So, uh, you know, I, it, I, I did two years of engineering before I stopped that and started studying architecture, interior design, and also art, you know, so I did a major shift after two years because it just wasn't the type of hands-on, you know, creativity that I needed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So big change, but it was well worth it, you know? So from your first painting sold, I think you said 30, was it? No, my first painting, I was uh, maybe 19. Okay. So when did you realize this is what I'm going to be doing for the rest of my life? Well, when I, um, when I launched my company, when I turned 30, okay. that's when I realized that this is what I'm going to be doing for the rest of my life. Right. I felt like I had a late start, so to speak, because, um, I know of a lot of artists that started very young, you know, um, and, and had that push to go ahead and, and pursue a career or even just fine tune their skills, you know, much sooner. And so myself, um, um, working, and uh, interior design and working with architects and things like that until I turned 30, um, <laughs> I, I, I just decided, you know, that it was time for me to give this a shot, right? right. Um, it's a conversation that I had to have with my wife, um, and she was all for it. She kind of was wondering what took me so long to actually go ahead and <laughs> jump in that water. But, um, but, you know, from the outside looking in, mm-hmm. she sees me in a different way than I see myself. So, um, and, you know, I saved up some money. And so I figured if I'm going to give this a shot, I should at least have a little something to fall back on. And, right. you know, I went ahead and launched it and never, never intended to turn back and never have, you know. <laughs> well, speaking as somebody who also started following their dreams late in life, I think it, um, it kind of breeds... There's, there's something to be said for the wisdom of knowing the path you traveled wasn't the path that you dreamed. Right. And yes, right. That's something you can't convey to people until you, you, you have to live that life. And Absolutely. And it, 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 it gives color, if you will, to what you do going forward. Mm-hmm. 
So, You're so right. Um, I noticed that you like to do series. Uh, right. Them- thematically. How do you choose? Or is it just what comes to you? Man, it, it's difficult. Um, I can tell you that there's so many ideas um, and so many things that I, I that I actually leave on the table, leave in in, in sketchbooks or um, in notepads that never see the light of day. You mm-hmm. know, um, so what I typically try to do to narrow things down is just go with what my gut and create based off of what I feel uh, viewers need to see, you know, or a message that society needs to, to hear from the art world. And it'll, it'll push me, it'll propel me to create more than one. And so what I, what I've done uh, two years ago was try to develop some continuity with my body of work, because I was an artist that could create a whole lot of different things. Right. And so what I found myself doing was creating a whole lot of different things. And I wasn't really known for, any particular style or, or direction. And although it was good for business, it wasn't the best thing for my brand. And so I decided to restructure the direction that I was going to take this. Therefore I started painting in a, in, in more, you know, in a way that had more continuity, even though I varied in concepts and ideas, you know, per series. Mm. And so what I started noticing is that I should just allow people to, follow me and walk with me down this path and use the people that I meet and the experiences that I go through to enhance these series as I continue to create them. So everything that you currently can find on my website is a work in progress, right? And so you might come back next week and you'll see something in the wild series. You'll see another piece that pops in or the young series, you know, a couple of weeks, you'll see another piece that pops in. And so I'm currently really developing this body of work um, that will ultimately be uh, presented to the world in in a way where they can, where you can say, okay, I love what he does with this series, or I I don't care for what he does with this series. I'm, I'm more attracted to this series, whatever. Right. So um, what it, what it does for me is allows me to just say, create 40 paintings (laughs) amongst five different series, as opposed to creating 40 paintings that belong to one series. Right. Mm -hmm. So you divide it up by by series so that you allow the viewers to to actually be able to indulge in various thoughts and ideas and perspectives that I want I want to show them. So it, it gives me a little more power in the sense there's no point in creating 40 paintings for one series when you don't know that anybody's really gonna gravitate to it, you know? Right. Yeah. So I, I can just I can just show more of my ideas and concepts by by spreading it apart and developing it, and then once I have you know enough meat on the bones, then I can just say, okay, here it is. You can look at each series for what it is and and enjoy it. You know, I read somewhere once, and I, I think I'm destroying the quote, so forgive me if if whoever <laughs> is listening. It's all good, man. I but do it all. <laughs> the gist of it was that artists and musicians, people who uh, create are the, the voice of the people in a way that are, yeah. uh, that are art. And especially if you look at, at, at civilizations, civilizations that have passed on, the art is what li- lives on 
and tells who mm -hmm. we were and what our thoughts were. Do you feel right. like enough people, enough artists, enough musicians, enough actors are using their outlet to to talk about what's going on? Um, you know what? Honestly, I don't think that it's ever enough. You know, mm -hmm. I think that as as an, an artist, a person that creates and and truly calls himself an artist. Uh, takes on a responsibility, right, to actually document what's going on mm -hmm. in the time frame that they are that they exist. Um, you know, you have to document. You have to to deliver inspiration, information. You have to question everything, right, and um, and give people that don't typically think uh, on that frequency the ability to connect. And so, if if more of us did it in that fashion, um, we would have a lot more questions raised and a lot more to think about. Um, unfortunately, you know, when it comes to the arts, you know, you find a lot of saturation happening right now, uh, especially with social media platforms, which are great to, to put your work out. But it seems that a lot of the things that get a lot of, uh, a lot of play, um, might not necessarily represent something uh, of substance. It might be something more uh, relatable in popular culture. You know, it's kind of like uh, not what you're painting, but why are you painting it, right? Mm -hmm. So we see a lot of what we're painting, and we don't, or or, or we hear a lot of uh, what we're saying, but we don't know why we're saying it or why we're painting it, right? So I think that for everything that you create and you put out in the world as an artist, there should be an ultimate question or some sort of, some sort of, uh, idea or inspiration or, you know, question that, that you're trying to propose, you know, to, to just stimulate the mind because it really is the time capsule of our, of, of, of an era, you know, the things that we see and the things that we hear, and the thing, you know, the texture and the fabric of society, we have a whole lot to do with it. There's not too many things that go on in any corporate office or any boardroom that didn't come from, from some level of creativity, you know? Right. And so we have to understand that we do have a, a, uh, a responsibility to impact society in a way that it, that it keeps its pulse on a constant and steady, uh, uh, you know, beat because otherwise, you know, there's going to be a whole lot of, things that misrepresent who we are <laughs> and we see that every day, right? Images that misrepresent people and culture. And it's like, if the platforms say it goes, it goes. If the media says it goes, it goes. There's always got to be a duality to things like that, you know, to challenge some of the things that they're saying, some of the things that we see that we hear. It's, it's kind of like everything doesn't deserve a pass, <laughs> right. you know? Yeah. So, I think that it, there's just not a, enough of it. There'll never be enough of it. We, that'll be a, a, a battle that we'll always have as artists is to, to try to continue to, to push positive uh, uh, images, positive narratives, and question any and everything that comes across the table. Now, in going through your artwork and, and looking at it, I, I, I view art, um, as a very personal thing. And one, right. what I see 
and and a lot of your your paintings and what's amazing to me is the depth in the eyes and i right. don't know if you spend a lot of time doing it but it seemed even with the paintings where the eyes are closed there's so much going on right there that it's just amazing to me that how do you invest so much life into your paintings and into the eyes well you know the the um the, the technical side of things you know it's it's the amount of time that that i spend on these pieces um some of them seem very simplistic but um and i paint in grayscale um a lot so that's actually much more difficult to paint than in color for me mm -hmm. and um it's all about the eyes, you know, um, it, the eyes tell the story, right? <laughs> right? And, and so I do invest a lot of time in the eyes. I was always a person that felt that if you get the eyes right, even when I was very young, I would always work on the eyes first and say, if I get the eyes right, the rest is just cheesecake, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and just years and years of, of creating, and focusing on the eyes have allowed me to, I guess, just really enhance enhance them, you know, depending on the composition or whatever I'm creating. Um, it's something that I've studied a lot, you know, and, and that I do study a lot, even when I meet someone for the first time, mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I'm completely focused on facial features and eyes. I don't really forget anybody that I see or speak to, I, you know, I, yeah, my, my memory works that way. So it's hard to describe it. I just know I, I invest a lot of time into it and, um, and, uh, it has to do with, you know, just composition and scale and also shadows. Mm -hmm. A lot of, a lot of it has to do with shadows when we're talking about, uh, from a, you know, a technical perspective. So now I'm going to ask you to get on your soapbox. Uh, <laughs> Art in the schools. Yeah. It's disappearing. Um, oh, man. It's, there's, there seems to be less <laughs> value given to it. Oh, my goodness, and man. Coming from an era where, I mean, let's be honest, we probably didn't have as much as we, we should have, but we have more no. than they do now. That's right. Um, And to a certain extent, it teaches you how to dream. It teaches oh, you how yeah. to express yourself. And Oh, yeah. They're, the outlets are being pulled away. Right. I've I've now slid the soapbox towards you. Please step on it. <laughs> man, brother, let me tell you, man, you know, this is near and dear to me. And, uh, of course, I work with uh, young people more than anybody. Mm -hmm. And um, what I this is what I have to say to that. You know, you know, art and music are essential to culture and happiness, right? Mm -hmm. um, anything that enhances knowledge of self, inner peace, self-empowerment are the first things that go within an institutionalized environment, right? The educational system, its primary function is to indoctrinate us into this systematic way of thinking. So, of course, we learn the basics, math, science, English, history from their perspective. But what we don't see are the condition is the conditioning and the calculated procedures that occur in poor public schools, right? You don't get, you know, the same results in private schools or public schools in upper class communities because they have this thing called money. You know, it all boils down to class. The more creative you become, the less money you spend. 
You know, the more time you spend in nature, the less money you spend. You know, uh, poor communities tend to have to be, you know, they, they, they tend to have less nature around them and things that can ignite the creativity and inner peace. So if you're poor, uh, what is usually available to you is poor education, right? Poor protection, poor motivation, poor counseling, which leads to poor decision-making, poor planning, poor financial stability, poor work-life balance, so on and so on and so on. So we are conditioned (laughs) to believe that life is about finding a job in order to buy stuff and pay bills, (laughs) you know? And we buy this stuff because it makes us feel good about ourselves. Mm -hmm. It suppresses our insecurities and gives us this social acceptance. And once we have overpurchased and undersaved, then we turn around and have yard sales and stuff to let everything go for a fraction of what we pay for because we don't have any room for all of this stuff. You know what I mean? So I believe that when it comes down to (laughs) art programs in schools, it's a part of a plan to not give our children that enrichment, you know? Mm -hmm. I believe that the independent art programs and schools of art offset the imbalance of public school systems. So my ultimate goal is to, uh, you know, have my own school of arts. I wanted to, I want to develop a curriculum that can be utilized to enhance the growth of children to give them that creative balance and that ability to communicate on a higher level um, in any profession or life experience. So I started my company inside out, um, nine years ago, just to shine light on different artists and what makes them unique. And the plan is to partner with other creatives and develop a program that can even be used by parents at home to enrich our children. You know, this is, this is a very, um, important topic. Um, And it's something that we need to spend more time on because we ultimately must understand that in order to find inner peace (laughs) and in order to uh, uh, have that self-empowerment, you know, we have to connect with things that promote happiness, you know, and it usually comes from nature, you know, creativity. These are things that you do naturally, you know, it's like, these are the things that are kept from you. So we, even though education is going to be what it's going to be, I feel like in order to really make a move and and kind of change the things that have disrupted, uh, you know, the, the, the art programs in our school, we need to find other ways to do it outside. So it's almost like me sending my daughter to school and I know she's going to be taught a certain thing, but when it get, when she gets home, that's where the real learning starts, you know? Mm. Yeah. So there's got to be something else that we can actually create and, and they do exist, but we need more of them so that we can also put it, so we can put a, 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 a we can grab more of these young people. Cause that's the only way it's going to change anything. You have to grab these young people. You, you have to save those that are being attacked. And our young people are being attacked every single day, you know, in ways that we can, that are not visual to the eye. So that that's what I believe. It's like if you're going to save somebody, save the people that are being attacked, and that that definitely is our youth. So, what's next? Well, for me, 
um, short term or long term? Well, normally we like to do it this way. What's coming up and where do you see yourself mm-hmm. in the next five years? Okay. Well, um, what's coming up? Uh, hmm, I have a lot of development to do. Um, I am working on a series called Color Value mm-hmm. uh, right now that is uh, geared to be a, an eye-opener um, where uh, without talking about it too much because I haven't released any of it, but mm-hmm. it deals with color value from a art theory perspective as well as a race and class perspective. Okay. Right. So, yeah. So we're talking about, we talk about color values. We're talking about tones and shades and of different colors. And we're also talking about based on those tones and shades of different colors, how much value do you have? Right. Um, so that's what's going on in the studio right now, um, in my Dallas studio. And, um, in the future, next five years, um, I see myself as <laughs> in five years, I see myself as, as a father of a nine-year-old. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I see myself as the husband of a loving uh, wife. I see myself as the godfather and God uncle of some very bright and beautiful young men and women. Um, I see myself as a source of inspiration and information for our youth Um, and as an artist to the core with a larger body of work that represents the area with the era and in which we exist in, you know, I represent the people. That's what I do this for. So where can the people find you? How do they get a hold of your art? How do they get inspired? The people can always, the best way is to visit my website. Um, even though you can catch me on the social media links and you can all, you can get to all that stuff from my website, which is artbyjtaylor.com. Um, that's artbyjtaylor.com. You can check that out. Um, you can see all the things that I'm currently working on, um, links to the blogs, um, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, Tumblr, it's all at Art by Jay Taylor. That's the handle. Um, and please let me know what you think. I'm open to, to uh, critiques for sure. Um, ideas, you know, I, I, I'm very inspired by the people, um, my peers, you know, everyday experiences. So these are the things that truly help shape my work. Um, I'm also, which I forgot to mention, I'm also working on a new uh, project for the father project, which will be 2017's father project. Um, And that is going to be more of a documentary style project. So that's going to be pretty, pretty awesome. And uh, I'm looking forward to that as well. So, just everybody stay tuned on what's going on. Connect with me on social media. Uh, connect with me through my website. I follow back. And uh, we'll make this thing happen, man. We need each other. We all need each other. We're all connected. So especially my creative brothers and sisters out there, you know, show me what you're doing. I'll show you what I'm doing. And, hey, let's get some collaborations going, some inspiration spreading, and let's make a difference out here, you know, because we all need it. You know what? I forgot to mention the paint man drips. Yes, sir. The, that's a bad mm. shirt right there. <laughs> Thank you, man. That was something that that was born out of the Father Project of 2000 
and 14. Mm. And what that is, is a silhouette image, uh, dripping paint that basically uh, is a symbol uh, that embodies that creative spirit that lies within each of us. You know, I feel like everything that we do is all is always about the art. So you'll see a tagline associated with my brand all the time. that says it's all about the art. And that simple shirt has uh, every time I release a new shirt or a hoodie or something, it, it sells out very quickly and so people are very receptive to it and um there's some more things that are going to come with that as well but of course uh you know you got to let it evolve and um and it's just been good you know it's it's just a great positive symbol that just represents the creative spirit that lies with it within each and every one of us because we all have it okay yeah and you can go to paintmandrips.com and check out Check out what we got going on there. Pick up a T-shirt or a hoodie, you know, uh, hashtag paint man drips and let the world see what's going on with that. We can turn it into something great. Yeah, I got to check it out. Uh, I'll definitely be ordering one of those hoodies myself. Yes, sir. And, um, I appreciate it. Once again, man, I really appreciate you taking the time. Um, if you haven't already, just please go and check out the website, the artwork. It will inspire you. Um I'm still sitting here trying to figure out which one I want to use as my new wallpaper. So uh, <laughs> that's what's up. I think I'm gonna go with uh, what set you claim. I think that's the one I'm gonna I'm gonna go. Oh man, he's taking it to the yeah, 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 yeah. American His Story, that series right there. It it definitely is is still developing, but it's some it's some sharp concept there, and 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 some inspiration and food for thought for uh, people that we must see. You mm. know. A lot of a lot of people are afraid to touch topics like that, but it's essential that we do because it's a part of our reality, and we must understand what we look like when you see it in a different medium. Right. You know. Yeah. Man. We need we need forms of expression that way. So, I'm one of those artists that that has no fear when it comes to creating, especially if it has anything to do with the inspiration of our people. 